there's a lot of uh, correlation between being a good HR person when they're running a business at the summer yeah. management program. It's like, you know, when you were hiring staff, I, I never really had much turnover of staff. Like, sure, they didn't all work out. But, you know, if you pick well out of the gates and you train and support them well, you know, 70, 80 percent of your staff could last the whole season with you. Right. And just yeah. there's always going to be some things that come out of left field. But um, same with tenants. Right. So you got to do the work up front. And to me, it's all about the story. Like, why? Mm -hmm. Why are they actually moving? Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders, really excited to uh, be bringing back Corey McKinnon. Uh, Corey worked, uh, I believe, at 17 years uh, with the Student Works Management Program as a, as a top operator, top coach, and then a vice president, uh, you know, building and developing many of the systems that we have in the business now that we, we run on. Corey, at the same time, uh, became a real estate investor at 30 and now you know, has has an enormous portfolio of properties uh, throughout southwestern Ontario. He has also runs a real estate coaching consulting program, and uh, you know now now over seven figures uh, that he does in coaching. He has ten coaches um, and uh, has trained all sorts of people to be you know really fantastic real estate investors. I know just looking at his site, CoreyMcKinnon.com, you know, uh, a number of a number of the people that he has are are past alumni. Now, obviously, when you're looking at the, you know, uh, is it a 1000 people that he had or 200 people, obviously, those are not all all of our people. But, uh, but certainly early on, um, you know, he's, he's made an enormous impact and continues to impact a bunch of our operators when they graduate from the program. He's filmed over a 1000 pieces of video contact. Uh, content conducted over two, 200 trainings, webinars, summits, uh, and been on stages with all sorts of amazing uh, other uh, great thought leaders. Really excited to get an opportunity to sit down and and talk about the things that really matter in terms of developing a really so, uh, successful life, not just a successful financial life. You know, Corey's really uh, again into um, you know health and successful family, successful doing things with a purpose. And that that theme certainly shows up here. Uh, so I know you're going to love this podcast. I certainly did. Really, really appreciate Corey, who's just been so generous with his time and energy. I know for a whole number of years, I couldn't handle all the interviews I was uh, that that were coming up to me, and Corey would step in and do interviews for us. Um, so just just again, uh, a, a great friend, a great contributor to the program, always has been, and uh, and so appreciate his time. And so you know why we put these interviews up there is, uh, and this podcast is to try to attract young Corey McKinnons, people who really want a huge future, people who want to do really great things with their lives. So if you know anybody, please share this podcast, send them to studentworks.com, or you can send them uh, to, to my email, cthompson at studentworks.com. We get started very soon into the recruiting of 2024, where 2023 season is going to be our best season ever. So thanks so much. Hope you hope you love the podcast as much as I enjoyed our conversation. Have a super fantastic day. 
Corey, welcome back to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. Oh, I'm so so excited, and and I, and I know I was uh, just looking back. It had been, I guess, is it three years? Uh, May 2019. So four years. So four years. Obviously, not four years since we've talked. We connect a bunch, and you come out to training. I know you're coming out to training and uh, next week, which is awesome to to share your wisdom upfront and personal with the big group in Kitchener. But it's amazing all the progress that you've uh, that you've made uh, in the in the last four years. Well, I appreciate that, Chris. And it's you know when somebody's on a mission, just like yourself, it it doesn't seem like work, right? You're you're yeah. you're pulled without having to be pushed. And for us, we're all about just making sure that people have financial literacy and they can actually, you know, not have to work, you know, or if they do right to their later years in life, it's because they're doing something that they really enjoy. And I enjoy business and real estate's just another branch of business. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know as well as, you know, uh, like, like you said, for you and me, we really don't think what we do is work because we love to do it. And, you know, to me, the difference between a weekend and a weekday they all look the same to me. I get to have fun, you know, with my family or with friends or with people who I'm working with to make a difference in their lives, right? And and one of the great things about coaching is when we coach, we're literally helping people. So what a great day, right? Like we're co- coaching, we're helping people, making them feel better, making them making them more successful. And so you get off, wow, is that ever good? Like, why wouldn't I want that on a Saturday or Monday or Wednesday, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not always rainbows and sunshine. Sometimes coaching yeah. means you got to push people, you got to challenge yes. people. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, I, I love the theme of your podcast here, Chris, because really leaders, we've, you know, leaders have gotten weaker over, you know, these pandemic times and things of that nature. And they've, or they've given up or given in or whatever. And it's like, you know, the, the true strong leaders are coming out now. And on the other hand, this is something that can be fostered at any time. So looking forward yeah. to going down that rabbit hole today. Yeah, yeah. And and the the most exciting thing, I know you've made enormous strides in your own personal portfolio, and we don't really need to share those numbers, uh, and you can. But the real thing that really excites me is is the real estate coaching. So so I know we were sharing before you've got you've got 10 coaches, you 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 took 200 people through your program last year. That's unbelievable. Why don't you share about what you're doing and what you're looking to accomplish with your real estate coaching program? Sure, you know. And, and again, fantastic program. Um, I wish I was still 21 years old and running a franchise and and uh, and that sort of thing. You know, so what we when I kind of left Student Works Painting and even the senior leadership team, so many people were coming and just saying, "Hey, Corey, how did you do it?" Like, I want to you know learn more about what you've done. And yeah. um, it's it's funny. I'm actually doing a presentation on one of the biggest stages in North America here, and I. I've only got 90 minutes to do, or sorry, 60 minutes to do an intro and teach them something and then maybe yeah. even sell something at the end. So I had to narrow it down to like, what's the one thing, okay. you know, and you, you got to be an insider. Like you've got to get connected to the source of the best information. Um, just like your program is the best source for, for students to be an entrepreneur, I believe in North America. So that's what we've really been able to create here and just trying to get people to be an insider. Like, how do you get those inside deals? Well, it's about skills. Like if you don't work on your skills, there's actually yeah. a lot of synergistic skill sets between being a young entrepreneur and then like just you know buying real estate and that sort of stuff but the, the other flip side about skills is that they're highly perishable right if you don't work on your skills you rust up really quickly so if you're not in a sales situation or negotiation situation or 
uh, communication or leadership, I mean, they, they go bye-bye really quickly. So, um, and I think that's something that I'm, you know, really blessed for coming out of your program back in the day was just having those skills, which totally set you on a totally different project, uh, trajectory in life. Yeah, there's no question. I know we've had a, a whole number of people take our program and go into real estate. Now, obviously, this has been an incredible period of time for re real estate over the last, you know, you know, you call it five, 10 years or 15 years. It's been this incredible boom market for lots of reasons. And I'm actually going to ask you to share those reasons. But it really does feel like a lot of the things that um, are our leaders, you know, I know Gabe Cote's got 30 or 40 properties. He's He's been out, you know, or sorry, doors, doors. He's been out, you know, maybe a decade. And I was just chatting with Adam Coleman. He's on the podcast. And he, I think he had 34 or 42, something like that. But big numbers. I'm like, wow. But so many of the skill sets were very similar to the skill sets that you and I coach our operators and coach our coaches, right? And and so, but why don't we get to what's happened? Why don't we look macro? Like what's happened? I know everyone's interested in real estate. What's what's happened over the last number period of time? And what do you think is happening moving forward? Sure. So, I mean, you know, real estate in Canada, it's, it's interesting. And um, a lot of this has to do with like home affordability. So when interest rates are low, it's obviously easier to afford bigger mortgages and things of that nature. So people go get pre-approved and like what you make as your day job goes a little bit further when you get a mortgage pre-approval and all those different things. So, you know, for and for a long period of time, there's a lot of cities in Ontario and Canada that were very affordable. Like I live in one of those affordable cities, Sarnia, Ontario, Man, yeah. it was we were behind for a long time. And what you've saw what you've seen in the last five years were any of these like affordable cities, they they were catching up, you know, the Sarnias, right. the Windsors, the Chathams, the St. Thomases, all those different things. And then what really happened during COVID was, you know, people wanted to, where will my money go further? Where can I get a bigger backyard? Where can I maybe isolate a little bit more or whatever? Just, you know, who wouldn't want to have a little bit more land? and you know work remotely and all that so i mean me and you we've been working remotely for such a long <laughs> exactly. time it's not, uh, not not a new thing right not that's a new right. thing you guys aren't <laughs> used to making phone calls in your pajamas i mean get used to it but um <laughs> you know so all these places caught up because you know people could really go work from anywhere so i think it's been a great equalizer but on the flip side of that we also had this hysteria of like oh my gosh i need to like get some real estate because there was none on the market like literally the inventory on the market was like vacant by like like just non-existent by like 90 percent right so if you had a property for sale i mean you could basically just call your shot right like literally listings you know i was in touch with realtors and things all the time they're like corey like the the tap is turned off by 90 percent. so if you can go find deals even that aren't on the mls like we, we'll sell them for you everybody wants a piece of real estate they want to move they want to go somewhere um, right. wherever they feel safer or whatever right so and obviously coming out of that uh, the money was too cheap for too long and the government really should have been doing something to curb inflation earlier so now right. we got eight eight interest rate hikes in the period of gosh i don't mean like to review it but over the course of yeah. a year so fastest interest interest rate hikes that we've seen in like 38 years i believe and still money is still reasonably cost effective like when i bought my first property in 2005 you know, my mortgage was at 6% and yeah. you know, my parents went through double digit uh, interest rates. I grew up in the seventies and eighties as well. So this is still pretty reasonably priced money, but it takes, takes time for the, the cost of housing to come down because it, it's really, um, when interest rates are higher, the purchase prices are going to be lower because people look at their mortgage payment as like the marker of like, what can I afford and what is this property really worth? So in a nutshell, I mean, that's kind of like what we've been going through, but I do believe we're, we're kind of coming to the bottom right now. 
And for people that can buy these assets and make them work right now with different strategies, um, some people like furnish rentals, some people like to house hack. I mean, one of the best ways for your students to get involved, which I've, I've seen a lot of them do, is actually go live as a student, right? Get a student rental where that works for them. And they they were only a student a few years removed, so they can kind of hang out like a student. I lived like a student until I was in my 30s because I was living yes. house hacking in my sixplex. But you know, it's the things that you do at a young age that'll let you do more of what you want when you're when you're older, right? But you know, when people have these high income skills, like running a business, like what you do is a high income skill. And then when you put that into an investment like real estate, that's how you can do really wealthy. And the the third component is like having a, a, a scalable business, right? So high income skill, high yielding asset with a scalable business. That's, you know, that's a franchise model. So yeah. And so, so, you know, just so everyone understands what Corey did, we bought a property. He lived in one of the apartments and had five other people live in other apartments. And, and so a lot of times people want to race to their future. Right now, Corey lives in a wonderful home and a pool and lots of, lots of, uh, you know, just amenities, let's call it for the four kids and uh, family that he has. But that set got set up because of of a lot of sacrifice. For me, I, we didn't buy our first home until we were 40, you know, because we invested all of our money in student works management program. And now we're we're reaping the benefits of that and have for a long period of time. So it really, really does make sense for people to think about that. Wow, you're right. Why don't I just keep living like a student for as long as I can and just, you know, hold off on that purchase of the car or hold off that purchase of the whatever the, the nice works or the, the nice watches or whatever it, you know and not not to, to not to starve themselves but that is such a huge success factor in being successful you know and i know you you see it you preach it you know you know that's so important don't you think i mean delayed gratification is massive i'm sure you've spoken about it many times yeah. on your podcast here chris yeah. but you know and the, you know just keep in mind people can have everything they want in life but typically that you can't have it all at once, right? So you, you have it like a conveyor belt and they come in su succession and you know you can have a nicer car, you can have a nicer watch, make yeah. sure it's reasonable or find like really resourceful ways to go and figure it out. Like a friend of mine, he's young, he really wanted a Rolex. So, I mean, he just literally manifested like, I'm going to get a Rolex at half the price and he ended up finding one that needed work and all that stuff and he got it fixed up. And, yeah. you know, so there are going to be ways, you know, you want to live in a nice house. Hey, maybe you could actually house sit for someone who's wealthy when they go away in the wintertime, or you can rent something really bougie once in a while, get it out of your system. Uh, I made a bad mistake uh, in the summer management program. I bought sports cars, right? One of the worst yeah. investments you can get. I mean, you get speeding tickets, you're paying for premium gas, everything's expensive. Um, I switched from that, you know, driving a Volkswagen Jetta for 10 years and I paid off the car just in the gas savings. So um, yeah. now I have my nicer car and it's like, it doesn't owe me anything. And it's, it cost me less than 1% of what I earned. So yeah. But you know, in this society, right? People can literally go on ChatGPT and just—it's—it's uh, it's crazy. I was working with this AI guy. Um, he's got an AI coach, and he was just saying, "Hey, Corey, can I give you a, a session for free here, just to show, like, you can literally write an ebook in like ten minutes if you know how to program ChatGPT to be your copywriter director, right?" So, in this world of like instant results, I think people always need to come back to this generation of you know, hey, it kind of pays to have that delayed gratification and. Make sure that you're pointing your North Star in the right direction when it comes to your focus and your your assets and your income and everything else, because they will pay dividends later. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, uh, in terms of your your coaching program, you've got two two parts of it. How does the one part differ from the, the, the next part? 
Sure. And maybe I'll even add that there's a third part, right? Because we do a, we give a lot of free stuff out there. Same with you as your podcast. Your podcast would be like your free avenue to just give value. And we give value on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and all that sort of stuff as well. Because sometimes people just need, they need to get started with something, right? They need to, they need to catch, a, catch a fire, catch a spark. But we do have like a one-to-many, like a group training program where people can come in. They will get some one-on-one, I guess, in a group setting. They can ask questions, all those different things. And we teach them the, the 10 pillars of real estate investing that they need to know. And that's just with the business. We, we throw in a couple personal ones in there too. Because if you're not focused on your health or your relationships, I mean, wealth really means nothing at that point. Right. So, um, so we teach them this over a 12-week period. And you know, some people will take that and run with it. Some people need, uh, they need help, right? Like yeah. it's very, it's very odd to see someone make it to the Olympic games by themselves. Right. So we're all help made as Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger says in his biography. Um, you know, we get to the top by working with other people. So if people want yeah. more of that one-on-one experience, then we do have like a one-to-one mm-hmm. kind of a program where we take them through a lot like the, the summer management program where we work with yeah. them for a year and they, we deliver exceptional results and they can compress timeframes and just move faster towards what they want. Yeah. It's, and I can imagine at different points, it's really difficult to go buy your first home. Like, do I got this right? Is this right? Like, you know, just kind of the reassurance to make this, is this the right deal? And having a, you know, a, an, an expert who's been through that would make, make a big difference. Like, you know, again, a lot of people don't need that. You could see that being, being really important. And then maybe as it starts to get more complex, I'm kind of running this as a side project. Now I want to really turn it more into a business. How do I do that? And I think a lot of times people are quite, they save money in the wrong areas. You know, for me, I've paid for so many coaches and have have, have invested so much money in, in my personal and our professional development as, as a company because we can't possibly figure it out all ourselves. And the more the more I've gone along, the more I've recognized just, again, my skill sets are just so small. They're really good in certain areas, but they're so small. And, and it's it's about gathering other people around me and other resources so that we've really been able to, to excel. And, and that's hard to figure out on your own because you don't know that you're weak in this area. You know, it's all blind to you. So, so the program like yours really helps with that, I imagine. Definitely. There's different levels of consciousness, right? Um, you know, you don't know what you don't know, and then you know what you don't know, and you just go all the yes. way up the, up, the, up the chain, right? And these are big assets, like purchasing your home or an income property or a business are typically going to be the biggest purchases of your life. So you want to make yeah. sure that you get it right. And, um, you know, I still remember some of my first mentors, I mean, cut a check for five figures, which just seemed outrageous back then. But you got to look at it as lifetime earnings or lifetime investment of like... Yeah. The things I learned back in 2007 when I hired my first mentor, still reaping the dividends today, right? They're just yeah. like things that you'll take for the rest of your life. And it's um, every year you get a return on it, which is great. And I love what you said there, Chris, too often people save in the wrong categories, which is true. You know, it's it's interesting. Successful people will spend in certain categories, but they'll also be frugal in other categories, right? Like I don't mind, you know, trying to stretch a dollar in certain areas that could yeah. be wasteful, but then like, hey, when it comes to something that could help me go faster or just kick it through the uprights faster or get someone else on it. I mean, even just, you know, people are hesitant sometimes to go hire that first help or, you know, get that extra painter on their team or that extra yeah. coal color. I mean, like just pay for it gang, because the best use of your time is running the business. It's those leadership skills that not everybody has. And that's why they're put in, put in the seat in your program. So it's not to go knock on all the doors. I mean, yes, you got to learn how to do that stuff. And um, yeah. yes, you should know 
like swing a paintbrush a little bit so you know what yes. to do and what not to do, but we're not here to paint all the heads ourselves, right? And we have a an acronym in our company here. It's SOS. So you need to have skill set development, you need to have operational leadership, and then you need to, need to have systems so that you can keep repeating things so that you can actually, you know, the one thing that I really like about your program is there's like forced events or vacations that people go to yeah. so that they have to pull themselves off the job site or there's payroll events. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I want to be making money while I'm actually gone at these events. So I need to make sure that I have some systems in place so that things can keep repeating while I'm away. Cause that's the really definition of wealth. I believe is when you can go on a vacation and there's other people taking the reins and you've given them chances to step up. And you know, that's, those are huge lessons for people at a young age. Yeah. I love, I, I love that, you know, just, you know, real wealth is being able to go on a vacation and just totally check out and your team's got it right. Like that's, you know, and, and then the, you know, the business is making money when you're on vacation. You know, and and so so it obviously takes a while to do that. There's you know uh, typically you know that's that's pretty ch challenging to do for uh, the you know typically the students in our business. I know I first tried to do it um, when I was an operator in my first summer, and literally nothing happened that week. <laughs> I, my dad was president of the Canadian Bar Association. I went away for the week, set it up, and nothing happened. There was some rain and things, but anyhow, nothing happened. And I, I had a whole bunch of work to do when I came back through the fall to get the jobs done and, and, and meet my commitments. But but now lots happen when when Chris is away and and it's it's like it doesn't matter you know I should say it doesn't matter uh, I I know I make an impact but everything we can just crush it when when I'm away and you're right it's that systems it's that leadership it's it's those structures that you can really set up that make a difference. So when we look at what's next for real estate, what do you what are you coaching your 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 real estate investors and and your coaches? What do you see? Sure. So, I mean, I, I try to keep a crystal ball. It's like right up there on my shelf. <laughs> I got it at Walmart for $13. That's it. He's got it. He's got it. Team. Um, <laughs> you know, but you got to look at the fundamentals. If anybody can predict the future, they're, they're full of it anyways. But, you know, we've, we've got a lot of immigration coming into Canada. Yeah. So Canada's always been a melting pot. There's always lots and lots of people coming in from lots of different places around the world. And now with the cost of money being more expensive, there's less homes being built, right? So builders have had a very good run. Um, you know, yeah. and I don't expect people on the podcast here to be an expert, but when things are going up, you know, 10, 15% for several years in a row, which is not normal appreciation for homes, normal appreciation is like two to 5%, Yeah, you know, and even then that should be in the bigger, hotter cities. Like they're just getting a lot of, um, you know, population increase, or there's a trend there or something like that. So so now builders are used to making a good payday and they're now they're not. So a lot of them are actually just taking time off. They're like, you know what? Land's yes. too expensive. Building's too expensive. The customer's not willing to pay for it anyways. So building starts are down, which is the opposite of what we need in Canada. Canada yeah. is short like a million to a million and a half properties for people to live in with like immigration of like 400,000, 500,000 a year. So that's going to create a, a crazy situation. And, you know, interest rates are high right now because they're trying to bring inflation down. So inflation is just how we, you know, manage the cost of goods and services in, in Canada. And, and it's been, it's been high for a while. It's coming down right now. It just bumped up a little bit. So, you know, we're hoping the Bank of Canada won't do another interest rate here in, in June, but they probably will because they really don't care about <laughs> um, the value of homes. They care more yes. about inflation and our GDP. So, um, but I, I see that real estate is going to be coming back. Like I, I believe we've hit a bottom as far, as far as numbers and and that sort of thing. And and people are just like, okay, I got to make these things work at a higher interest rate, or I got to put a bigger down payment down, or 
whatever it may be to make to make things work. But if you can make things work now, I know people will be sitting really pretty once interest rates come down, which is one of your biggest input costs of owning real estate investment properties. Um, rents are going up because if less homes yes. are being built, people can't even rent homes. They got to rent stuff that's already pre-existing. So uh, I do know that rents are going to keep going up just like inflation as well, just like paint jobs, just like paint, yeah. just like everything, right? It goes up. Um, I can still remember the average cost of a paint job when I was an operator and I'm, I can't even imagine what it is now. So yes. Yeah. No, it's, I know uh, I went for a little mini golf holiday with a, the Neil Bradley, who created uh, was the the, the co-founder and uh, or the first founder of uh, Student Painters and became Student Works Management Program. And uh, he was telling me that you know our charge out rate was twenty two dollars. That's what he remembers it was twenty two dollars an hour. And uh, so so it's it's now you know way way higher. And so that that inflation has a real impact. Um, you know the 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 one other thing that seems to be happening as well in the marketplace is is buyers think it's worth this and the sellers think it's worth this and so it's it's where that's going to come down and it really again slows the market from acting because people are going what is this really worth and um we were talking on on top of that is is that the banks are basically standing back from this and saying we don't want to take your home Mr and Mrs Smith we're going to let you extend your mortgage payments. So not a 25-year mortgage, 30, it'll make it 35. Corey heard that some people literally had 50 and 60-year mortgages because the bank doesn't want to take your home. And, and they'll just let you pay all your all the interest. There's no mortgage being, sorry, there's no equity being paid down on the on the property, but you can stay in your home. Um, and you know, just just that that seems to be shaking out in the in the marketplace. And of course, that's really what you're talking about. You don't know what the bottom is. You can't tell what the future is. Of course, no one can because we don't know. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy. That there's like delusional sellers where they're 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 stuck in a year ago, right? And I think yeah. it's important to have some great people on your power team, whether it's a realtor or anybody that's really connected to the source in real estate, to let you know, like, no, it's it's only worth what the market will bear to pay for it, yeah. right? So it's, it's yeah, that's it's always a supply and demand market with anything. And, um, you know, so otherwise, yeah, people would be stubborn and if they don't necessarily have to sell, they won't. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the kind of transactions that are happening right now are people that definitely need to move. They need to move. They have other opportunity, yeah. Uh, yeah. better opportunities, jobs, and all those sorts of things. Right. Um, as far yeah. as like income properties, they're holding their value as well. If anything, it's hard to find good deals because like literally all the, like, I'm not selling the only ones I'm selling off are like the ones that are too small or they've really we've had our, our time with them and we've maximized them as much as we can. And there's like stuck equity in there that we can't refinance out. So if it's, if it's a single family home, those don't really work anymore. We've, we've sold some of those off and we're just putting them into bigger, bigger properties, bigger projects. Right. And I know watching uh, some of your, your free information that I see on Instagram, the odd time on there or Facebook, you know, and uh, one of the big changes is is the Ontario government has made it easier to build triplexes and 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 a, and a spot on top of your garage and things like that. And so, what's what's that going to create in the future? Uh, do you think in 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 Ontario uh, real estate market? Yeah. So, you know, because every city has zoning and bylaws, right? So, if we're a million to a million and a half units short in Canada for people to live in. The government needs to do something to help it. I think they should still be doing more. There should be literally grants and incentives and like literally, you know, throwing money at this, but um, they aren't. But I guess yeah. the, one of the things is Bill 23. So Bill 23 allows you to go from, you know, single family home to duplex easier and duplex to a triplex easier because usually cities would give you a lot of pushback on that. 
neighbors wouldn't like it either. Yeah. And there's, it's still got to be in the right zoning and it's got to be in the, in the city plan to do it. But I think it's, I think it's great when, you know, we can actually do that. It's one of my latest YouTube videos was highlighting uh, Emily Dwyer that, you know, she had this like five, 500, 600 square foot garage in the back of her property, super solidly built. And you can turn that into an apartment, right? There's no yeah. reason why you couldn't. So I think it's great to intensify because if, if, when you try to sprawl a city out and you're always going to the edges of the city and the city's getting bigger and wider and wider and wider, man, the infrastructure costs on that are crazy with all the roads and what goes under the roads and yeah. sewage and plumbing and water and hydro and gas and you name it. That's very, very expensive. So if we can just intensify and which means put more units under the your footprint that you have right now, that's, that's where, you know, I mean, you go over to Europe and some of these, yes. these other countries, right? Just land is so valuable and like apartments are a lot smaller and these micro units and, and things too. I mean, that's, we're not quite there yet, but you know, if we can have that kind of flavor or that kind of vibe here, I think it's, it's important. You don't need a ton of space either. Like, you know, you, lots of times we're out of the house anyway. So you yeah. really just need places to put your head down and all that sort of stuff. Right. So some of our best renting units are our smaller units and our one, one bedrooms and our bachelors. So. Yeah, no, I think it's, it, it really is interesting. And again, the one thing that, that is so in Canada is Canada is a country that wants immigration, that is going to continue to want immigration. And that is going to put pressure on the real estate market. And as you mentioned, uh, I know I uh, have one friend who's a, a CFO of one of Canada's billionaire um, developers. And he just says, yeah, we're sitting on the sidelines, you know, just like, hey, nope, there's, we're, we're, we're just got all sorts of properties we could develop. We're not right now. So, so, so it's just like, oh, wow, that's a, that's, that's a real sign, right? You know, and just saying, no, it's, it's just unclear where the market is. And you can see that that's what we need is more property because there's more and more people coming. So it's, I know it's a fascinating, I know I'm really fascinated, uh, you know, again, it's not a huge part of our portfolio, but I'm really, you know, fascinated, you know, and one of the things as well, I always like to say is, is real estate is, it's not it takes time and energy, right? You know, Corey, like that's one thing I know, you, you know, you've, you, you know, well, candidly, you really work hard, you're driven, you know, that's always been the case with you, right? And so, so it really is a, a big commitment of time. If you look back when you got started, you know, you bought your per first property at 30, how many hours a week do you think it is on top of a normal job to sort of, you know, build your, your real estate business? Yeah, great question. And I'll just make a comment on your friend who's in the commercial sector. Commercial is like totally different, right? Oh, sorry. No, like, he's uh no, he's uh re residential. So uh, my apologies. Okay. So yeah, so residential, cool. yeah, home builder. Yeah. But just bigger developments, it's a bigger swinging pendulum, like and it's um, but yeah, cost of cost of building and stuff is just kind of it doesn't make as much sense right now. Yeah. Um, also with inflation, like it's inflating out the cost of all the building materials and things too. So, but for someone just getting started. It depends on what kind of a strategy you want to pursue. I've I've never really been a fan of like, oh, let's gut the property and like let's start it from scratch and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm more about cosmetic. Let's let's paint it, let's do flooring, let's clean it, let's change the light fixtures and the faucets and the taps and the light right. um, you know, switches and all those different things, which gets gets you a lot of the the feel and the vibe of a newer apartment, right? But yeah, um things didn't really start picking up to where it was like a part-time, you know investment of time until we had like 20 doors you know at that point i was like I, I need to bring like some extra regular help on the team and and those sorts of things but if you buy a right um you know having a couple of properties shouldn't really take up a whole lot of your time i definitely wouldn't recommend doing i remember i used to cut the grass at the first one 
And then as soon as I bought the second one or the third one, I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. This it makes absolutely no sense at all. There's a guy that'll cut the yeah. grass for 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. Check the box hired. You're in. Yeah. Um, but really it's, uh, when you, when you start to scale it, that's when you can pretty much bank on, there's always going to be something to fix. There's, you know, but we, we buy right. We rent, renovate, right. So, um, at that point, and if you can control the kind of person who's coming in, that's the wild card. The properties themselves are actually pretty yeah. easy to manage. It's the people that come yeah. in. It's it's uh, tenant management, not property management. So yeah. um, it can be fairly passive. But yeah, the only really passive investment in real estate is if you just write a check, invest in it, and you know you can just get your return. You'll probably get a smaller return because you're not doing the work or you're not you know doing all the ninja moves. But yeah, you know for some people that's that's okay too. They can they've got their high income skill that they're making money. They could go put it in an asset and they multiply their money over there too. So yeah. So that's actually, that's actually, and, and I know you shared a lot of, you know, best practices with me just in our conversations over the years, you know, is, you know, acquiring tenants, choosing the best tenants, what sort of maybe, you know, one or two or three, you know, tips and tricks that you have that really make a huge difference there? Well, there's a, there's a lot of uh, correlation between being a good HR person when they're running a business at the summer yeah. management program. It's like, you know, when you were hiring staff, I, I never really had much turnover of staff, like sure they didn't all work out, but you know, if you pick well out of the gates and you train and support them well, you know, 70, 80% of your staff could last the whole season with you. Right. And just, yeah. there's always going to be some things that come out of left field, but um, same with tenants. Right. So you got to do the work up front. And to me, it's all about the story. Like why, mm -hmm. why are they actually moving yeah. and your spidey sense BS detector, whatever, you know, that needs to be honed a little bit, but <laughs> You know, when somebody's moving last minute or this or that, or they hate their last landlord, well, get, if they didn't like their last landlord, they're probably not going to like you as their landlord. Yeah. Or if there's yeah. some drama, yeah. none of that stuff should really come into your properties. But if it, if it's like a good story, it's like, hey, I just got a new job in town and it starts in a couple of weeks or it starts in a month. Or um, yeah. I, I love the planners. Like people are like, no, I just gave notice, um, gave 60 days notice. Now I'm looking 60 days out because those are the kinds of people we like the preppers and the planners. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure that they have good income and you got to do all your background checks, right? This is where a lot of people fail. It's, it's easy to do. And it's also easy not to do, but we, yeah. we call employment references. We will call every single reference that we have, that we can, because once they're in your property, you don't have in Ontario and in certain provinces or certain States, you just don't have many rights, right? So yeah. if you're in Alberta, it's different. If you're in, you know, some of the different States around, like they don't pay boom, they're literally out in two weeks. They don't pay in Ontario and I'm not trying to scare people or anything like that, but it can take you a good part of like half a year yes. uh, to get them out. And even then you, you can't get blood from a stone, I guess is the saying, right? So you're starting over again. Those are losses you'll never recoup yeah. unless you know where they work, because if you know where they work, you can actually go garnish their wages, which we've had to do one time. But yeah, doing the work up front, it's so important. That's one of the biggest tips. It's all about the story. Why are they moving? Right. And but make sure you're buying right. Like if you buy... If you buy a property, it can be the best property, but in the wrong part of town, nobody's going to want to stay there. So you actually yeah. want to be where people want to be. Yeah. And then one of the other things is I know one of the things that, you know, in my, my sense is, is you do it to a certain extent. How we recruit is we make it a competitive environment. Like it's very, very difficult to get our spots. And so, you know, people are coming into an environment. There's five or six people in the, in the meeting. And they're, oh, and then the next meeting, there's there's other people in the meeting and, oh, wow, I'm competing against other people to get a spot. You set that up as well in your rental environments as well. Is, so it's not just it's not just the choosing. People are also understanding that it's at, at times can be very challenging to get a spot in your in your properties. Yeah, because when you have good product, 
and it's uh, it's well placed you know it's, it's how you position yourself in the marketplace right and the value that you give so you guys give tremendous value and there's amazing upside to being a part of your program mm -hmm. and frankly it's not for everybody right this is only for very hard workers for people that yeah. want to go forward uh, and do more with their lives right absolutely and you know there are a lot of correlations when it when it comes to choosing a tenant and you know we do some of the same stuff like when we have it narrowed down to our top three we call them all back and we just say like hey you know i was talking to the owner and he was just you know curious you know why why rent or maybe it's not when we call them back but it's before before we choose our final three it's like you know why why should we choose you as a tenant right so there's some reverse selling there and stuff too we want to yeah. want to make them earn it we always make them do something as well like you know they've got to fill out their application before they even come and they got yes. to answer some questions on the internet before they even get to get a phone call with us right if someone yeah. only wants to text us we don't we're like we can't do a showing over text we don't do any of that stuff we're old school we got to pick up the phone we got to get to know you find out more about you because words are only seven percent it's like yeah. how they're able to uh, their communication is another 37 yeah. and then body language is the rest when you actually get to meet them a person so you can tell a lot about a person when you see them how yeah. they care for themselves how they care for even that something as little as their cell phone if they're walking around with a smashed up cell phone i don't know how are they going to care for your place right it's yes. uh it's a i hate to judge but you know how people do one thing is how they do a lot of different things yeah. and um you can you can pick up a lot of better person on how they care themselves how they dress how they take care of their car cell phones all their possessions all that sort of stuff so yeah and then also as well like you know one of the things is you know you want somebody who is going to deal with you the way you want them dealt with so you i'm sure have a system that people report concerns and and then then you can manage it way better you can't manage that on your phone you can't manage the number of properties you have over you know so so there's a system they need to go and so they need to be compliant and willing to go do that or they're just not going to fit in your program so so that's part of it is as well right and you know so you know, that's a, that's a, that's something that really it, it matters. Do they want to come fit in this system? And we have a system too. So if people don't want to fit in the system, well, then we don't want them. You know, it do doesn't matter how much business they potentially will do with us. They don't want to fit in the system. The system's too big. We're, the system's way bigger than any one person, you know, period. That's right. Well, hey, you know, it's very important to have strong systems, right? Because systems don't fail, people fail. So yeah. too often, whether it's in a business or um, you know, a landlord situation, people get desperate and never, never get desperate, never be too desperate. Like, Oh my gosh, I got to hire this person right now. Or I got to go, yeah. you know, sign the lease with this tenant right now. It's one of the biggest mistakes you can make. Yeah. You, you got to take your time. I'd rather have a vacancy for two weeks or four weeks yeah. and get the right person in there. Um, same, same thing with you guys, right? You want to make yeah. sure you have the right hire or you, you guys yeah. will just leave a turf vacant. I mean, I'm sure you don't like to do that, we but do it all the time, do it all the time. to have yeah. nobody there, support it from a distance, whatever, get it yeah. next year. And yeah. to put the wrong person in there so it's yeah. it's so important to have systems and to have you know these what what has worked well in the past and always be refining that and just you guys have been polishing and polishing and polishing yeah. your systems and to the point where it's a really a such a fine running machine it's um it's it's amazing right and that's that's yeah. why as long as people have the right skills they can literally yeah. plug themselves in your program which i think is fantastic they're not having to figure it all out from scratch and that's the same thing that we do with people here when they're trying to figure out how to buy the first income property well you don't have to figure it all from scratch like we're going to plug you into the matrix and make sure you're making good decisions yeah and so one of the things about you Corey, i know you've just invested so much into coaching and learning you know and 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 that's really a lot what you stand on it's like what i stand on i haven't created all these ideas well first of all our team even our team hasn't created all these ideas it's it's others so if you look at you know biggest influences 
you know, of the past and things that you'd recommend to a young leader, you know, and again, not necessarily they can do it next year because a lot of these things, you know, is quite an investment, but what sort of things would you point at, Corey? Wow. There's, there's so many options out there. I, I think you got to, you know, you got to resonate, no, no doubt, like investing yourself is, is the best investment you can do. And in the beginning, some of that might just be books, right? Like people might yeah. just be like, okay, I'm going to start with books or like a little mini course or something like that. The, the access to information is it's so accessible now. Yeah. I can still remember, you know, a friend of mine was talking about this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You got to go get it. And I'm like, man, I'm in college. I'm already reading a whole bunch of stuff. Do I really need another book? He's like, I'm telling you, Corey, this, this is a game changer book, right? So I literally ordered it. It took a month to get to the bookstore because it was on back order. Yeah. Read this book and it, it's a fantastic book to anybody here listening to the podcast. It's a classic because yeah. it really is a fable and it's a story about business and assets and how you should really be spending your time, which is more relevant today now with inflation and the cost of things. You got to Make sure that you have a business or you're investing in assets, but um, make sure that 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 coach or that program or that thing really resonates with you. Um, mm -hmm. Not every coach is for everybody, and make sure that they've actually been there. They've they've done the thing that you want to do. They you know if you want to get to the top of Mount Everest, make sure they've been to the top of Mount Everest, right? Yeah. And um, you know, there's also like mentors that you can have in your life that don't cost you anything, but it's probably going to cost you time, right? It's going to be at their convenience. And on their clock, right? I know I was just, uh, this is part of my presentation. I'm actually going to be on stage with Grant Cardone uh, this weekend. He's one of the biggest yeah. real estate influencers in the world. Yes. And I talk about the difference between a mentor and a coach. Um, my first real estate mentor was my landlord. And he would give me these weird assignments like, go meet me at this greasy spoon, John's restaurant at 7 a.m. on a Saturday because I'm going to teach you about XYZ in real estate, right? So, you know, he was, he was unwilling to give me all the really good, good stuff because I don't think he wanted competition. So at that point wow. I did have to go invest in mentorship from other people that were more abundant mindset and like, no, man, yes. you're not my competitive, my competitor. There's lots of room at the top here. There's so many, so much money Probably. in the world, so many deals in the world. We can never do them ourselves. So I'll, I'll teach you what I know. Yeah. And, um, my only request is that you pay it forward. Right. So if anybody yeah. that comes or listens to this podcast or is a part of your program or my program, like that's all we ask is that they go pay it forward too. Yeah, no. And again, it's, it's, it's obviously we both live in this abundant, you know, uh, experience of the world, the, the pie just gets bigger, you know, you can't have all that, like you said, all the ideas, all the great people working with you. That's not how it is. You know, in fact, we create a program that actually sends people out in the world like yourself and, you know, uh, become, you know, incredibly successful. It's fantastic. So without, uh, um, yeah, that, that's that's just a wonderful part of how we see the world. Um, and I think it's the right way to see the world. So, you know, I know I've I blocked off an hour of your time, so I want to make sure that I, I, I'm respectful of that. Anything else that's sort of popping for you, any sort of bits of wisdom that you want to share with our, you know, young leaders, that sort of thing that that can help make a difference in sort of mindset or or anything? Well, much like running a business, they they don't teach you any of this stuff in in school. And they also don't teach you anything about assets and finances in school either. So, you know, really just take it to heart there, gang, that even at a young age, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. We all come from different reference points, right? Different experiences, different goals, everything in life. And um, it's not even up to our parents, right? To It would be nice if our parents did help us with financial literacy and education. Yeah. But just remember that you, you know, you're responsible for your outcome in life at any given point in time. So you know, take it upon yourself. There, there is a lot of great information out there, people that you can follow and books that you can read to make sure that you're setting yourself up for the future. And, you know, if you really want to have that future life that you want in, you know, in your forties, fifties, sixties, you got to make sure that you're buying assets, even if it's just dividend paying stocks, like do something. I first started buying some of my first stuff when I was like 17 years old. 
And um, I started looking at real estate when I was young as well. And I got exposed to it at a young age, which I think is fantastic. It's not going anywhere and it's not super sexy, right? Like, um, but I think it's important that people learn how to not, don't just be a day trader. Don't, don't gamble. Don't like buy a stock because everybody else is buying it or want to get into real estate because everybody else is doing it. Like it's got to be based on fundamentals and, um, you know, your, your, your assets actually should be boring. Like save the excitement for your personal life is what we like to say. And, um, keep your assets and the stuff that spits off money every single month. Boring. Like our storage facility is very boring. Like it doesn't even have an automatic gate, doesn't have cameras, you know, and we still manage it remotely. And it's, we just like boring, right? We like people to go there and, and just store their stuff and no drama. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, take it upon yourself. You got to go and make sure that you're, you know, have that financial literacy and obviously follow channels that can, can help you um, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's lots of great people out there that you can subscribe to as well, but, you know, make sure that you're reading a book or two a year and that you're, you're staying relevant with it. Don't be afraid to read that business section. Um, so you have some good reference points. Yeah. And I know Corey reads more than a book or two a year. So do I. You know, again, it's 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 you get what you invest in, and and I and by the way, as, as well, I love the those <laughs> those storage facilities. I know we've got a storage facility, and they every every month, boom, uh, so, some money sends over for them, so that you know. And again, for us, it saves us money because our main office only has so much space, so we store a lot of materials over there, you know, and especially tax receipts that the government wants or whatever. But anyhow, there's, you know, so it so it, it works both ways. And it's just such a simple business. So again, you know, uh, there's just a lot of a lot of wealth that can be gained a lot of, uh, you know, great quality of life that can gain by just very, very simple businesses, you know, and that's and that's certainly uh, the real estate business, etc. And and I, I know I was looking at your site, you know, everyone, you can see Corey McKinnon, M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N.com. So, so a lot of information there. He's got a YouTube site. Three of your six uh, six uh, testimonials are are, are 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 people. So I love that, you know, how much how much you've made a difference in their lives. And I know they speak so highly of us. And I know you've been just so generous with your time, Corey, with us, with, with people who've reached out. So uh, so thank you. And uh, you know, obviously consider you a real close friend and uh, really appreciate your time uh, on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast today. Thanks. Thanks for having me on there, Chris. And you know, the website is due for a revamp. It's five years old. So we're actually in the process of, of revamping it. We've got hundreds of testimonials now. But uh, yeah, lots totally. of people have like reached out and just said, hey, I want to learn about real estate. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm actually seeing Michael Davidson on Friday. He's supposed to come to our uh, our pre-party event and stuff like that. Yep. Um, so it's just a great way to stay connected. And uh, yeah, if we can ever help anybody in the future, let us know. I'm pretty easy to find or track down just like yourself. And uh, yeah. we're just here to serve and give value. So Fantastic. Thanks so much, Corey. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca 
www.ca.ca/apply, and I can't wait to see you on the other side.